Greetings from sunny Phoenix, Arizona. This is Constance M. Drew, host of Wickedly Wise Women Entrepreneurs weekly show on different topics helping women entrepreneurs. My show is sponsored by BrandHerBrilliance.com and here we go with episode three. In this episode, I thought it would be good to start out with something kind of tagging along with what I had mentioned in episode two, and it's following your intuition. And I wanted to direct this to you aspiring podcasters out there, women entrepreneurs who are wanting to build their business, get their name out there through podcasting, or maybe have a different mission that they want. Maybe there's something of interest, you know, outside of their business that they want to do. And I thought it would be pertinent for me to share my personal experience so that you know where I'm coming from and know that you're not alone. I have toyed with the idea and the naming of my podcast literally since I want to say June. So several months and I had landed on a name that I got through a mentor and but for some reason I just I couldn't seem to get into it. I mean, yes, it was a topic I could talk about. I can talk about branding and marketing all day long, and I can still talk about it with this with this podcast. And I wanted to mention that to you that until I followed my intuition and I went back to what my vision really was and what I really want to do, which is I want to help women, you know, break through their money mindset and achieve the great things that they're meant to achieve. So that's when I sat down and I talked a lot in the last episode about clearing your mind and the clutter. And I wanted to tell you how the same came to me. I basically was having, I was sick one day, literally sick. I mean, my body, I just, I had fever, I had body aches. And for me, I knew that I was sick because when I am sick, I don't know why I do this, but I hate anybody and everybody. I hate anything and everything. It would not matter if you tried to hand me a million dollars on a silver platter. I would find something wrong with it. That's when I know that I'm sick. But anyway, I got to thinking about it. And that's when I thought, I really want to help women entrepreneurs. I want to go back to where it started. And I like the idea of wickedly because wickedly means kind of twisted, but twisted in a good way, right? And wise, because women, especially in my age category, you know, midlife, a little bit older, third tribe life, I don't know what we're called really, but we've been around for a while and we've done a lot of different things. We've tried a lot of different things. We've seen a lot of things come and go in the business world. We've had families. I mean, we've gone through so many things. We've gone through, you know, menopause in my case it's just all these different things and I really thought what is a message and what is my why I mean how am I going to guide other aspiring podcasters if I can't guide myself first and that is the reason why I'm sitting here on a late Friday night Labor Day weekend going through what I would be teaching people in my start your podcast in a weekend virtual retreat because for me, yes, you know, I have all the mental stuff and the planning and the materials and this and that and the other and, you know, and the schedule and the agenda and what I want people to achieve. But then I thought, until I walk through it myself and literally walk through it myself, then I don't feel like that I'm going to give it credence. I could give it an educated, you know, mental aspect of it, but I really wanted to be feeling what a new podcaster would be feeling. 
So once I really thought about it and I really just let go and let spirit guide the way, that's how I came up with Wickedly Wise Women Entrepreneurs. And the goal is to actually have a hybrid show. I'm finding that I really enjoy talking even more than I thought I did. So I will give topics of interest that I want to help you in building your business. And I will combine this basically. So do a hybrid podcast where I will have solo episodes like the first three have been. And probably the next three or so will be as well. And then I will start mixing in some guest appearances. And I will bring on some wickedly wise, amazing women entrepreneurs that can share their stories with you. Because most of all, I want to get behind the mic. And I want to get behind the business to the business owner and to the soul of that owner. Because once you align the soul, that's when you can align the money. And I will be talking about money mindset today, ironically, so I'm going to lead into that. But I thought it was appropriate that I share that with you. I tell people that I'm very transparent, sometimes almost to a fault, but I don't think you can be transparent to a fault. I just wanted to share some the thoughts and feelings and emotions that I'm going through because I think there's some of you out there going through it too. And I really want to encourage you to get started. That's what I'm doing tonight. I'm getting started. And there's all different kinds of advice. As a matter of fact, I'll give a little different advice in my course. But the main thing is to get started. And don't worry about it being perfect. If you're like me, I, I am like capital P perfectionism. You know, I am a perfectionist. I admit it. I've always been. And what it's done, though, at times is it's held me back from achieving what I could have achieved. And I have a feeling there might be a few of you out there like that as well. So don't wait for the perfect equipment or the perfect, you know, planning. Just, I mean, I do encourage you to, you've got to know your why. Why are you doing it? Who is your audience? And then as far as equipment, I mean, I'm sitting here on a Blue Yeti mic and recording on Mojave, you know, editor. So don't let that hold you back from getting started. As my show grows, guess what? Everything else will grow with it. I created my own podcast cover in Canva. I have a professional designer, and tonight I just knew that I needed to get this done. And it was really heavy on my mind and my heart, and here I am. So what I'd like to talk to you about in this episode, this is going to be about our money mindset. And what I'd like to talk to you about today is how women tend to not charge what they're worth. If I had the same conversation with a male entrepreneur, and I found this when I worked in law firms, conversations between a female partner and a male partner were different. Men don't think twice about it. They go for it. They don't try to, I mean, they use logic, but they don't try to compare this or compare that. They're, they approach it very differently. And I think there are a lot of things that you do need to approach that way in business. But we are women entrepreneurs. So I think that learning to not only charge what we're worth, but claim our worth is probably the most important thing that I can get across. If you learn nothing else from me through these podcasts, please believe that you are worthy already before you start your podcast, before you start your business, before you make your first six figures, wherever you're at in the journey, you are worthy already. And it's just time for you to let your light shine. And in this case, you know, let our voices be heard. Speak and be heard. 
what an amazing opportunity we have now that we can share our messages via podcast and we can reach so many people that we would not have been able to reach other ways. So take advantage of that and don't wait for the perfect moment. Just get started. That is the most important. Many women in business struggle with what to charge. They're often afraid they're charging too much, so they set their fees very low. And they're often uncomfortable talking about money, so they hesitate to ask for the sale, apologize for their fees, or include too much in their packages. I think we're all guilty of this. And I want to give you an example. When I had my bridal shop, so my entrepreneurial entrepreneurial journey, and no, I'm not going to edit this, this is me. When it began, you know, at nine, and then in my 20s with the child care, and then you go into my 30s, at that time I had graduated from college and I was a teacher, and I married and wanted to start a bridal business. Actually, I wanted to start out as a bridal consulting business. So I started out, me and my certifications, I got certified, you know, to, to be a wedding consultant. And then for some reason, I started having dreams about dresses. You have to understand, that's very bizarre for me. You're talking to a cowgirl in her high school days who wore jeans all the time. And literally, my mother made me wear one dress a year. And it's almost like people can mark it on their calendars. My classmates would tease me saying, oh, it's about that time of year for you to wear that dress now or that skirt. (laughs) And yes, I was even one of these cowgirls that uh, drove up to school with a gun rack in the back of my pickup because we had rattlesnakes we hunted rabbits so it was common for us to you know and back in that day we could have our 22 shotguns with or 22 rifles with us so that's who you're talking to so for me to all of a sudden be thinking and dreaming dresses I was like oh my goodness where is this coming from well the dreams wouldn't let go this went on for a number of months and I finally thought you know I know I'm teaching, but I really do miss running a business, and and I really do want to do the wedding consulting, and maybe I'll just think about you know going a little further with it. So I actually went to a converted textile mill in Savage, Maryland, and I rented out a small space, and I started a consignment shop for bridal wear. And that did okay for a little while, and I got a few wedding consulting gigs, but I don't know. It's like retail was calling my name. Well... I finally convinced Steve Adler, the founder of the Big and Tall Men's Store, who was our mentor and had an incubator for us, that I was ready to go retail. Now, he knew that meant going like where I was at further up in the mill. I could set my own hours, but if I went retail, I had to be open you know, seven days a week. And he knew that I didn't have a whole lot of retail experience, but you know what? I convinced him. So I set up my shop and I literally set it up different from anybody else's. There were three of us in there and we would do different things like we would host bridal fashion shows. Loved it, loved it, loved it, loved it. And people would come literally just to see that and see our shows. And what I'm getting around to, though, not only did I set myself apart by being unique, and I ended up more like the Victorian era, more the second time around bride, there was this really beautiful dress that I had found in a Macy's one day. You know, I was just doing some shopping for myself, and it was on a clearance rack, really pretty Victorian lace, and I thought, you know, this would be good for the shop, and I think I paid like $1.99 for it. And I 
took it home, put it in the shop. I don't know. It was in the shop. I think, you know, I turnkeyed it. I think I put it at $4.99. Nobody bought it. And I had it for a month or so. And I thought, you know, I really love this dress. I don't want to sell it. So I pulled it down off the wall. And yes, I said off the wall because I really displayed my wedding gowns, a lot of them on the walls. I brought it down off the wall and I changed the price to $9.99. Put it back on the wall and thought, you know, I love this dress. She's not going anywhere. Nobody would pay $4.99. They're sure not going to pay $9.99. Lo and behold, the very next day, someone did. I almost cried because I thought, wow, you know, I love this dress. I really didn't want it to go. But somebody paid $999 because they thought it was worth it. And you know what the dress was? Because it was beautiful on her. It just happened to fit. There wasn't going to be alterations. It was exactly what she needed. And for the theme that she wanted, I made a bride very happy that day. That taught me something about charging what we're worth or what a product is worth and knowing our value behind that. Now, the reason this is a problem with women not charging enough, if their fees are too low, they'll have a difficult time making enough money to sustain their businesses. And to make up for the low fees, women in business often end up working too many hours and getting burned out. Another reason this is a problem is because it undermines their credibility by charging so little. People do feel that things that are more expensive must be better quality. The good news is once a woman business owner has a strategy for knowing how to value her services herself, a system for setting her fees, and knows how to confidently discuss her fees, she can immediately begin to charge what she's worth. This doesn't just mean for services. This can mean for products, whatever your business is. This applies across the board. If giving away your services, undercharging or under-earning sound familiar to you, then you're going to learn tips today to help you begin charging what you're worth. And because we only have a limited time, I promise that I will share these now. And we don't really have a limited time, but I am trying to keep my podcast down a little bit here. So here is what I'd like to share with you. You want to position yourself with vulnerability and credibility. You need to have a signature story. I've already given you a little bit of my story. I've given you bits and pieces throughout the last three episodes. And you, basically, you want to tell like your current success and expertise. I am a certified money business breakthrough women's coach. I have an MBA. I mean, those type of things would be like my expertise. I'm a serial entrepreneur. That would be my success in my experience, for example. How it used to be a very different experience for me was, I, I will give you an example when I coached, I want to say about seven years ago, I wasn't in the mindset of really knowing what my worth was and how much value I really brought to the table. And my fees reflected that. And what I charged somebody, I want to say less than a thousand for, literally turned out that we at least doubled her income by changing her marketing strategy and by different things that we did. And maybe not doubled, but we at least, like, we definitely did a good 75-80%. And I will never forget how amazed she was and how amazed I was. 
And unfortunately, I moved and didn't try to continue that virtually. I wished I had. I have kept up with Sarah, and she's done a great job phenomenally. I mean, she went on. She had a, a pet care business, and she went on to you know have Sarah's Pet Care Revolution and has done very well. That was kind of a turning point for me because I realized then that if I wasn't going to charge what I was worth, and not what, and let me kind of rephrase this too. When you say about charging what you're worth, in the coaching world anyway, and in the services world, it's the results that you can give someone. It's not the time that you're spending, it's the results you can provide. That's really what your expertise and your worth comes from, is what can you provide. And what I discovered for me was all of this happened within a pretty short frame of time where I left New York City where I was a comfortable six-figure project manager for litigation, litigation support at Jones Day and actually worked for some other law firms in New York City. But my parents started aging and so I decided to move back west. I did end up putting my business on the back burner for a few years as my parents got older, their health ailed, and literally, like, my mother was diagnosed with Alzheimer's in 2012. Um, I lost mom, it'll be two years ago, next month. That was very hard. She was in final stages of Alzheimer's. I had lost my father two years before that, and he died, you know, of heart failure because he had dementia and he did not want to have the pacemaker battery replaced. And that was a decision, a hard decision that the family made, but just, I mean, he was 89 years old and actually mom was 89 as well. And the reason why I'm sharing that with you is my business was put on the back burner. I still did it, but I went back to teaching full time so that I could have time with my parents. I would not trade that for anything. Because that is time that I could never have gotten if I was running my business. I mean, I didn't have it at that point. And it, it wasn't just that. I knew that running a business that I had to be all in. And mentally, I was not all in. So with the teaching, it was kind of rote for me. I had done it some, you know, for so long that I could literally just go in, back in a classroom. I could teach students. I could build the relationships. I could teach the subjects. So that's what I did. And... The turning point for me then after I lost mom, though, and with COVID and the pandemic and everything, was I realized it's, I went back to what I knew, but that's not where my heart was at. And it wasn't fair to the students. It wasn't fair to me. So I made the decision a year ago to basically, I taught one more semester, and then I turned my attention to getting this new certification because I loved the spiritual techniques just the, the whole essence that Kendall Summerhawk brings into it. And I went back into running my own business. I know that it's what I should be doing right now because I get visited, visited by my parents several times a week in my dreams, so I know that I'm on track and they would approve of what I'm doing. And the steps that I took, what I found, though, was, you know, starting over was just like starting anew. And so I've really done a lot of soul searching. And I realized, though, that I am worth high ticket. 
what I bring to the table, I bring a combination of years of different businesses, being an entrepreneur myself, <clears throat> being raised with entrepreneurs, literally, you know, farmers. Uh, my uncle had a magazine. I actually ended up having a magazine of my own for a while. And I knew that's where my passion was. My passion really is to help women entrepreneurs. But part of that is claiming your worth. So what I'm really trying to tell you is the reason why this is so critical is the way that you charge can make or break your business. And we want you around for a while. We want you in for the long haul. We don't want you just in and out. We want you in for the long haul. So really think about that and think about, are you charging what the results are worth? Are you charging the experience that somebody is going to have from that product? Really think about that and realize that, yes, you are worth it. This is Constance. I've been your host for Wickedly Wise Women Entrepreneurs, sponsored by BrandHerBrilliance.com. Be blessed in your success.